your Bibles with me to Genesis chapter 8. We started talking about the secret of a fruitful harvest. I'm going to continue with a little twist and then we'll continue. Hallelujah. The secrets of a fruitful harvest. And we looked at it from Genesis chapter 8. The Bible says from verse 20, Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took every clean animal and every clean bed and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma and the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake. Although the imaginations of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I destroy every living thing as I have done while the earth remains. Let's read verse 21 together. Ready, go. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night will not cease. Hallelujah. Oh, read it like again like you mean it. Ready, go. Hallelujah. My, I entitled my message, The Secrets of a Fruitful Harvest, because it, it's God's secrets. You see, there are some secrets in life. Hallelujah. There are some secrets in life that you need to know. And last week I started by saying in, in Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29, the Bible says that the secret things belong to the Lord our God. But the things that are revealed belong to us. Amen. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us, to our children forever, that we may do all the works, works of the law. Hallelujah. If the word has not been revealed, it's a secret and does not belong to you. It's a mystery. Hallelujah. Sometimes secrets are mysterious. Amen. There are some mysteries that are in this particular scripture passage we've read. The Bible says that God had destroyed the earth with water. And when everybody was destroyed and was left with Noah and his children and every clean plant, every clean uh, animal that he took into the ark, he gave an offering. Noah gave an offering. And when God smelled the offering, God said to himself that I will no longer destroy the earth because of man. I will never do that again. But this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to put a principle into the earth. And the principle that he put was the principle we just read in verse 22. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, Winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. This is what I am going to leave the earth with. Can I submit to you five principles in this little scripture? Just quickly, five sim simple principles in this scripture. The first principle that I want you to look at is that you get what you sow. Principle number one. While the earth remains, remains seed time and harvest. First line, seed time and harvest, it means what? You get what you sow. If you, you put seed in the ground, you get what? A harvest. Can we limit the movement, please? No, no movement. I'm only going to be here for 10 minutes. If we can control ashes, 
Make sure that nobody's moving. Amen. Seed time and harvest. If you put something in the ground, you are going to harvest it. Amen. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, the Bible says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he reap. Seed time and harvest. So if by any chance you are not happy with what you are, the life you've got, check what you sowed. Amen. And if you are not happy with the life that you are leading now, maybe you've got to sow different seeds. Don't sow the same seed, bad seed, and expect a good harvest. That is schizophrenia. That is mental problems. That's mental challenges to, to continue doing the same thing and expect a different outcome. You are always insulting your husband. And you are not, you don't understand why your husband is always cheating on you or why your husband is always slapping you. No, no, every, every action draws a reaction. You are always unfaithful to your, your wife. Why do you think that she, she should be a good wife to you? Hallelujah. So the first principle is what? What you put in is what you get. Garbage in, garbage out. Number two principle, second principle, very quickly. Second principle is that we reap a good harvest when we stay at it. Okay? When you stay at the thing, you reap it. Sometimes what people do is they sow good seed for just one day or two days and then they neglect to keep sowing good seeds. They forget. Are you with me? Sometimes they walk away. They walk away from sowing the good seed and they, don't, they neglect the seed they've sown and the best of the air come and pick the seeds they've sown and eat it. Animals come and, and, and walk on the seed and destroy them. Amen. So the second principle in this particular scripture is that you have to keep at sowing the seeds that you want to see in your life. Everything you want to see, seed, seed time is not a once, of, a, once of, once and for all affair. It's a continual cycle. Amen. Number three principle. Number three principle is you reap in a different season. Winter and summer. Seed time and harvest Winter and what? Summer. So if you sow in the, in the spring season, you are going to harvest in the summer season or end of summer. Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? In this part of the world, we sow around this time. When the spring is in the middle of spring, that is when they sow. And they expect to reap by the end of September into October, which is the end of the summer, that is when they reap what they have put in the ground. Amen. The reason why a lot of people do not realize that what they sowed is what has brought the harvest is because the season has changed. Are you with me? Because the season changed in the time of their harvest, they can't co co uh, connect what they sowed to what they have. When you were young, you used to be very, very rude to your parents. You used to insult your parents. You used to be very abusive to your parents, maltreat them anyhow. And now you are old. Your children and your grandchildren are doing the same thing to you. Because the season has changed, you can't put together what you are going through when you saw the same things. Ah, I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. The fact that the season has changed should not change the, the cycle. 
If you sowed it, you're going to reap it. In spite of the season, you are still going to reap it. Good, bad, or indifferent. If you sow indifferent seed, you are going to reap an indifferent harvest. Some of us, our life is all indifferent. In school, we're indifferent. Indifferent to learning hard. Indifferent to going and partying and clubbing and drinking. We're indifferent. Indifferent to going to church. We're indifferent. So the harvest we are sowing now is indifferent. We are not really prospering. We are not really broke. We are not really blessed. We are not really cursed. Our whole life is a mediocre life that passes through. In fact, the day we die, everybody forgets about us. We don't leave a mark on, in this earth because we are just indifferent. Life is just something just passed by. May your life be significant. May life never pass you by. Oh, I can't hear somebody. I say, may your life mean something to the world. Never ever come to the, to the world and live without leaving a mark. Yeah. Let, let, let the world miss you. The world always misses legends. Be a legend. Oh, I say, be a legend. You may be a legend to your family. You may be a legend to your community. You may be a legend to your country. You may be a legend to your, your uh, race. You may be a legend to your continent or the world. But be a legend. Hallelujah. We remember significant people. Good significant people and bad significant people. Now, nobody likes to name their children Adolf Hitler or Christian Judas. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah. Nobody, nobody has that combination in this world. In fact, all the, the relatives of Hitler changed their names when he died. Yes, they changed their names. So there is nobody who has that, those two combinations, Adolf Hitler Jr. And he's been dead many years ago. But because of a bad precedence that, and seed that he sowed into the world, nobody wants to be associated with him. But he's still a legend. Hallelujah. Number three principle. Uh, number four principle. Four. The principle of seed time and harvest is the principle, is the fourth one is the principle of a harvest. You sow more than you, you reap more than you sow. A harvest is bigger than what you planted. Amen. So you may have sown a, a, a few, um, what do you call it, indiscretions. A few indiscretions where your, your, your marriage is concerned. And then you are going to reap a harvest which is bigger than the indiscretions you sowed. You are unfaithful to your, your spouse once or twice. A little, in the, it's just a few seeds you dropped in the ground. How come you have, you have reaped a whole big sack of maize? Because that's the principle. What you put in the ground, you get a bigger harvest than what you put. 
Let me go on quickly. Number five principle is what? The principle of proportion. The measure with which you sow is the same measure that will be given to you. Amen. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, the Bible says, But I say, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap what? Bountifully. So the proportion that you sow is the proportion that you are going to reap. Am I talking to somebody? Amen. Are you okay? So we started looking at the, some seeds. The first seed we, we talked about last week was what? The seed of what? How many were here last week? The seed of words. Words are seeds. All the five principles we have spoken about apply. When you sow words, the words you speak, they are seeds. Words can be a blessing. Words can be a curse. Hallelujah. You can speak a blessing with your mouth and you can also speak a curse with your mouth. Whatever you say with your mouth, with time, it will result in a harvest. Amen. If you keep saying that, as for me, I'm ugly, no man will like me. As for me, I'm ugly. I will never be married to anybody. As for me, nobody likes me. As for me, I, I don't want to marry. There are some people who say, as for me, I'll never marry. They say it as if they are joking. They say it, just, just words that you say. They don't really mean it. But they are shocked that they are approaching their 60s and they are still not married. Hallelujah. No, it's because of the words that you sowed. Yeah. Am I talking to somebody? Words are very powerful. Don't allow idle words to flow out of your mouth. Or don't allow people to say idle words to you. Don't allow people to say words that are curses around your space. Amen. Some people are, there are some people, when people are saying some, some curses to you because you are, or you are shy of the person who is speaking, or you don't want to appear rude, you just sit quietly. No. No. I said no. Oh, I said no. I didn't hear you. I said no. Reject it. Say, with all due respect, I reject this in Jesus' name. Yeah, with all due respect. Amen. And people, you know, I, I remember a few uh, years ago, some, some of us who came with the first boat. If you don't understand it, don't worry, but just follow the message. Some of us who came with the first boat, a few years, when you come, you come and meet some uncle who has those, you know that red carpet that had some designs in there, in the corner, designs like a, they have some borders and then designs around the corner. I, I don't know whether you know. The Persian, like a Persian looking type of uh, rag and then they have some coffee stain and then burn stain in it and then they say, as for this country, it's very hard. When you come here, the only job you can get is cleaning. And the only job you can get is uh, the menial job that nobody wants to do. That is what, so now that you have come, they will say, try hard, concentrate, and do those work. Are you, are you with me? And you see that because they came and did that, they gave that word to the second boat people. And they also did that word. 
And then the third boat people also came. They saw the first boat. They saw the second boat people. And then the third boat people said, ah, well, what can we do? Until another generation said, no, we will not be satisfied with this. We can also do and achieve bigger and better things. So they didn't take that word. With all due respect, I hear what you are saying, but I'm going to do something different. As for you, this generation, you don't respect anything that we are telling you. We have been here for long and we are telling that you should do. No, 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 no. Hallelujah. So you see the first boat, the second boat, the third boat people, their lives are a certain way. Then those who rejected it transformed their lives. Some of us, we, our parents are products of those who transform their lives. And we have come to enjoy the benefits. I think you need to put your hands together for your parents that did that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So words are very important. We talked about it last week. Then the next one was what? The seed of forgiveness. Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray. And he said that when you pray, say this, Our Father which are in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. It's in a, um, Matthew 6. Hallelujah. And, and, and he said to, 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 to them that it's a forgiveness is linked to you forgiving others. Because your forgiving of others is small in comparison to the forgiveness that God has to forgive you. So it's that forgive me or forgive me at my debt as I forgive those who trespass against me. Because the seed of my forgiveness, which is small, it is what is going to yield a harvest of God's forgiveness in my life. And I said that we need God's forgiveness. Hallelujah. So that seed of forgiving people is a gift you give to yourself. Never ever walk in offense. Never walk in, in a dissatisfaction, in, a, in anger, in malice towards anybody. Never have that. Hallelujah. Always walk in forgiveness. You, it's a gift you give to yourself. Offense, anger, clamor is a poison that you drink hoping that somebody else will die. And it doesn't make sense. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. Offense, anger, clamor, bitterness is a poison that you swallow hoping that somebody else will die. No, you are going to die by that. Amen. The person will still be, he will be eating and enjoying their lives whilst you suffer. Forgive them. Let it go. Amen. I say let it go. Because you also offend and you need that somebody will forgive you one day. So as you sow forgiveness, one day somebody will also forgive you. Amen. The third one, did I give you the third one? Okay, so the third one for today is the seed of help. Somebody say help. Help is something that all of us need. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. All of us need what? Help. You, we all need help. You needed help to come into this world. Amen. Somebody had to be at the other end to catch you whilst you were dropping. Oh, you didn't hear me. 
From the day you landed on this earth, you needed somebody to help you. And the day you die, you need somebody to bury you. You can't bury yourself. Amen. We will all need help. Listen, away with this statement, I don't need help. I am a self-made man. I can do everything. I can do bad all by myself. It is not true. Or I say it is not true. You cannot do bad all by yourself. You need help. Amen. If you are going to make it in life, you will need the help of others. And others need your help. Amen. So you must learn to sow the seed of help. Amen. This church needs your help. As a member of the church, don't be a a receiver all the time. Be a transmitter of help. Amen. In fact, you must sow more than you want to reap. You come to the church, you see that there's a need in the church. Don't wait to be asked. Sow the seed of help. Amen. I say sow the seed of help. Help when you can. Somebody needs a, a, a little um, help up. There's an opening at your workplace. And you know that a brother has is, is been unemployed for a long time. And they are looking for a job. Don't pass by as if you haven't noticed that the brother needs help. I, I, am I making sense? Listen, say to the brother, there is, say to your boss, I have someone who can do this. One day, the butler and the baker ended up in jail. And they needed help then. And when they ended up in jail, there, there was a man there called Joseph. And he interpreted their dream for them. And then one day when one of them, the butler, was freed. He forgot. Amen. Amen. He forgot. Some of us, we are like just like that man. We have received help, but we forget to give others help. Somebody helped us when we needed a leg up, but then we forgot to help. Then the, that one day, the king also needed help. He had a dream that he could not interpret, and he called all his servants to help him, and none of them could help. Then that day, the butler remembered his sin. He said, today I remember my sin. This, what was the sin? I remember the sin of not helping the man, Joseph, who helped me. I forgot to sow the same seed that he has sowed in my life. But today I remember. And today I repent. So, king, I have a man. Somebody say, I have a man. King, I have a man. That man is in jail. That man can help our situation. That man can help interpret your dream. Let us go and bring that man out. The king said, go and bring that man. And when the man came, the man helped not only the king, but he helped the whole city and the whole generation. Amen. And guess what? What Joseph was used to doing was helping Without realizing that when you sow the seed of help, one day you will harvest that seed. So now he, the king says to him that there is none greater than this man, Joseph. I am going to make this man the next after me. It is only in, in, in my rulership and my church that I'll be greater than him. But after that, 
Anything else, he is in charge of all. Hallelujah. So he sowed the seed of help in the prison, which was not remembered. He went into the palace. Guess what? He sowed the same seed of help in the palace. And guess what? This time he was remembered and he was promoted. He was given a chariot that only the king sit on. And now he was able to preserve his father and his brothers from far upfield because of the seed of help that he sowed. May you continually sow the seed of help. Or I say, may you continually sow the seed of help. Don't feel inconvenience. Don't feel bothered. Don't feel that, you know, uh, you don't know, pastor, brother, pastor, you don't know. There are some people when you do good to them, they don't, they never acknowledge. No, it is not the recipient of the help that needs to acknowledge. It's God. You didn't do it for, for them person. You did it to God because the principle is in motion. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, summer and winter, cold and heat will never pass. So, as you sow the seed, continue to sow the seed, continue to sow the seed, whether they say thank you or not, whether they acknowledge you or not, just keep sowing, just keep going. Hallelujah. In due time, you will reap if you faint not. There's always a due time. Somebody say due time. In Galatians chapter 6, he says that, let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due time, we shall reap if we faint not. Hallelujah. In due time. Somebody say in due time. Let us not grow weary in well-doing. Amen. Are you with me? Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. Are you awake up at the back? And verse 10 says that now that we have opportunity, let us do good to what? All. Amen. Read it again. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to... Oh, I didn't hear you. Now that we have opportunity, let us do good to... And especially to those of the household of what? Faith. Amen. Let us do good to all men. When a brother is in need, help them. Amen. When a brother needs your help and assistance, give it. When you come to the house of God, the choir needs a male singer. And you know you can sing. Uh, this, this church people that have come, when you go and sing, then they won't give you the solo to sing. So this time, me, I don't want to go. I won't go to this type of me. I'll sit and also enjoy what they are singing. And then when they finish singing, you go, they didn't sing it well at all. If, if, if I was in there, they would have heard some signs and wonders in the song. You see, the, the song, it lacked some bass voice. And I am the one who has a bass voice. If I sing with my bass voice, you will know that there, is a, there are singers and there are singers. No, we don't want you to be a commentator. We want you to be a singer. Because that is what the house of God needs. And that is the only thing that we cannot provide. And that is why God brought you here. 
So come and help. Don't come and be a critic. Amen. Amen. Ah, why is it that every time pastor wears the same shoe? Why is that every time? Have you not noticed? Pastor always has the same shoe. He's always wearing the same shoe. And it's like, it, it, it makes, it's an eyesore. My eyes can't see it anymore. Pastor always wears the same shoe. The, that, that thing that's, that ache that's aching you because of the shoe is God saying to you, help a brother out. Go to the shop and get him another shoe. Hallelujah. Don't bring me any shoe, by the way. I didn't ask for shoe. <laughs> Hallelujah. Am I making sense? Yeah. And our sister always wears the same dress. Don't, don't you see how the mirror? The dress. And you see, the, the dress is green. The bag is pink. I don't know. She, she, she can't combine dresses. Help a sister out. Go to the shop. Buy a dress. Buy a matching bag. Put them in a, what do you call that? That gift bag. And then when you come to church on Sunday, as you are working, you put it by her chair. And then you tap it, this is a gift for you. And then walk away. Instead of criticizing. Help a sister out. Somebody say, help a sister out. Deuteronomy chapter 15 verse 11 says that there will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-hearted or open-handed towards your fellow Israelite who are poor and needy in your land. Amen. The poor will always be there. And the command to you is that you have an open hand. Someone say open hand. Open hand means ready to help, ready to serve, ready to be of service to somebody. Amen. Be somebody consistently so help. Hallelujah. Whether it is reciprocated or not, it doesn't matter. Keep sowing. You didn't do it for them. You did it for God. One day, God will reward you. Amen. The, help, the seed of, of, of help is, is something that you put in your own heavenly account. Amen. Anyone who gives a lens to the poor, lends to God. When you help somebody, a poor is not just the one who's the begging on the street. A poor is somebody who cannot give themselves what you have. Are you with me? So they are poor in that thing. So when you give to the poor, the Bible says that you lend to God. You, you increase your, your account balance in the heavenly account. Amen. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 says that carry each other's burden... In this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. Carry one another's burden. You know that this person has a burden. Help them carry it. You know? Sister is young. She has a baby. 
She needs to go to school, continue education. Help a sister out. Babysit. Don't ask for money. Uh, sister, I see that you are struggling, right? You are struggling with that baby. Bring the baby. When you are coming, bring 500 pounds. No. I say no. Help a sister out. Take the baby. Allow the young girl to go back to school. Amen. And don't do that type of help that you do one help, you slap them whilst you are doing the help. Take the baby. Then after two minutes, eh, on the phone, eh. Why is there rashes on the baby? Then after three minutes, eh, the baby is crying too much. Don't you feed the baby? No. That type of help, everybody runs away from it. Because the help that counts with a lot of criticism, a lot of uh, uh, choking and everything, nobody wants it. Help must be free, free will, open-handed. You give and it's a blessing to the one you have given to. Hallelujah. Hebrews 13, 16 says that, do not forget to do good and share with others for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Amen. God is pleased when we sacrifice hell. Somebody say, I will be a help, a helper. In Hebrews eleven thirty one, 31, Bible says that Rahab the harlot received some men and she helped them escape. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe. When she received the spies with peace, she helped the spies escape. It was just a help, a prostitute helping angels. Those of us who are sanctimonious and holy and will not touch anybody we perceive as sinful people. Even the angels needed help from a prostitute. That should tell us something. Amen. And by the Bible says that by the witch, Rahab saved not only herself, but her whole family because she sought help. It, it, I, I, I can perceive in my, my heart that Rahab was, had a character of helping people. Even as a prostitute, she helped people. So she didn't think of, it, of any, any, anything bad, helping strangers. She helped strangers. It's like, uh, uh, I do night. Night is uh, 50 pounds a night or 100 pounds a or 1,000 pounds a night. So the, the people came in, we'll pay 1,000. And then when they came, they said, oh, uh, we have been sent by God to destroy the city. We don't have any money, any 1,000 pounds to give you a night, you know. Another prostitute will say, what? You are not going to pay and you are in my house. Free uh, heating, free light. And you want to eat my food. Are you crazy? Another prostitute would have thrown them out, but she said, no, 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 you stay. It doesn't matter. She fed them. When the people came and knocked on Rahab's door, we heard that men came into your room. Bring them out and let's go kill them. Say, no, 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 the men are not here. Come and say, they are not here, they are gone. And she let the men by the window after feeding them in the morning to escape. 
She just did it because that's, that's the type of person she is. She's a helper. Amen. The name Phoebe means help. Help. Phoebe is somebody who helps people. She helped. Amen. And that was what brought her deliverance. Everybody in, this, in Jericho died. Only Rahab. With her family. Why? Because she did what? She sold hell. Let me give you one little, one another little one that we can close. Amen. The next one is the seed of faithfulness. Amen. Faithfulness. Someone say faithfulness. Faithfulness is also a seed. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 12, the Bible says that it is required among stewards that a man be found faithful. Everybody needs faithfulness in a relationship, in every friendship, in every community, in every church, in every marriage. Two, sorry. Did I say 12? It's 1 Corinthians 4, 2. In every relationship, we need faithfulness. Hallelujah. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. Faithfulness is one of the rarest commodity. People are not faithful. Men are not faithful. Human beings naturally are not faithful. And any relationship that has not got faithfulness cannot last long. Can you imagine? You enter a relationship. With Sister Watermeliandra. And Watermeliandra helps everybody. She's, she's for the community. The, the sisters are looking at me funny, so I'm going to change. I, 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 just saw, I just saw how Christelle looked at me, so I'm going to change. I want to be in the good books. So, Christelle, can you imagine that you enter into a relationship with slippery, slippery, no, no, I can't say slippery, Sam, I, don't, I, want, to, I want to be able to come and preach again. <laughs> yeah. Slippery, spiky. And Spikey has a water hose that waters all the lawns in the area. Ah. You, you will not enjoy that relationship. You find yourself going to fight every lawn. Because every lawn you get there, there's what your, your hose is being watered. Hallelujah. How many understand what I'm saying? You will not be happy. You need faithfulness in every relationship. Mothers are looking for faithful children. The reason why I particularly don't like cats is because cats are not faithful. No, no, no. Don't report me to the RSPCA. Um, uh, don't report me, please. But but let me, let me be honest. Can I be honest? Oh, listen. Everybody, look. 
Usher, Chief Usher, please come and stand here. Oh, come, come, quickly. Put your hands together for effective. Please, oh, now the second chair, just stand there. Just stand there. Yeah. And keep order, because there are some people who are misbehaving around this place. Now, if you like misbehave, those of you here, they will throw you out. Yeah. I don't like cats. Because it is for the community, it's not for you. Every flap they enter. And when they go meow. And any house that they go and they, they stroke them, they go back there again. They enter the cat flap. Meow. Then they stroke them. Then you see them. Then they'll get, there's milk. They'll, then they go meow. Then you see them walk away. Then they go to the next door. Then they, if there's a flap, they enter again. Meow. Meanwhile, the color on the... Effective, you can go back. Thank you. Meanwhile, the color on the, on the next is number three. Meanwhile, I say meow in number seven. It's not faithful. But you see, a dog, a dog will never go to number, number, number five. A dog will never go to number seven. A dog will never, even when he sees number five, can go, because he's protecting number three. Because number three is where it's being fed. That's why I, mean, I like dogs instead of cats. Meow. Can you remember church members that meow? Today they are in this church. Meow, pastor, help me. The next Sunday, meow to the next church, next door, pastor. Then, then they are on the other church, meow. Are you a cat? Oh, you didn't like my message. You don't like what I'm saying. He said, you are not in this church. You are not in that church. You are not in the other church. You are not in every church. Did I tell you one day I saw my choir member singing on the television in another church? Yeah, I used to be a choir director. And I had a choir. And I used to like my choir members. I sacrificed anything for them. I used to, you know, love them. When they need anything, I'm there for them. Then one day, I was watching Christian TV. Then I put on one channel. Yes, my choir. Uh, what was the song? With the fields of souls, together you and I, they are running wide. Is this not my choir member? I wasn't sure. So I called my wife. Is this not my choir member? Then my wife came to the room. It seemed that she walked away. <laughs> oh! I was not happy at all. Because this particular guy, I had paid his rent when his landlord threw him out. Because he couldn't pay his rent. I paid the rent. This particular guy, he needed help. I helped him. This particular guy, I, I'll go to the shop. I'll buy him. You know, the choir used to, the choir people always changing shirts and changing. He said, blue shirt. 
We are wearing blue today. He has, there's no shirt that he has. When it's a blue shirt, he hasn't got. So you have to go and buy a blue shirt for him. Say it's a black shirt. I don't have. Then we have to buy it for this guy. Now he's standing on the stage in somebody's church. We feel the souls. You know, and the people dance with a lot of zeal when everybody's moving like this. They are going, feel the souls. Bible says that confidence in an unfaithful man is like a broken tooth or a, a, a foot out of joints. When you are dealing with somebody who is not faithful, it's so painful. You invest so much in them. And then they, they walk away as if you never did anything. Hallelujah. You help them, brother. The brother didn't have any money. The food you cooked for him to eat. Every time he's coming to ask for 20 pounds, for 10 pounds, you paid his mobile phone charge. You helped him. His, his car insurance, he couldn't pay. He, every time you're paying fuel for him. And then now, you, 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 you see that Shawanda is sitting on the front. And she's put her hand on the back of his head as that foolish boy is driving. And you feel like doing something evil. Hallelujah. Confidence in an unfaithful man is like a broken tooth. In the same way, there are a lot of pastors that bleed. Because they have church members who are unfaithful. When the church member has a headache, the pastor has to run and look for paracetamol. But when the pastor has brain cancer, the church member will move to the next church. No loyalty. No faithfulness. Meow. Next door. Huh? The other day, it snowed. And everywhere was white. My back garden was all white. Then the next morning when I got there, I saw a lot of cat steps everywhere. I said, I don't own a cat. What is all these little footsteps here? I don't have a cat. I don't have a dog. Meow. They are displaying my garden. You look at next door's garden. The same footsteps. You look at the one behind. Same footsteps. Because they, they are not faithful. They say... A cat is a man's best friend. It's not true. It's a dog. Because a dog will be faithful. When the owner of the dog dies, the dog will lie by the dead owner. But a cat, even when you're alive, is moving. <laughs> Woe betide you when you die. Even when you sleep, you won't be there. By the time you wake up, he's gone. Amen. May you never be that cat. I said, may you never be that person. Become faithful. Amen. You know, in 1 Samuel, my time is up, but I just want to mention 1 Samuel 
David had the opportunity to kill Saul. First Samuel 24. Verse 4. The Bible said, Then David's men said to him, Behold, this is the day which the Lord has said, Behold, I am about to hand your enemy over to you, and you shall do to him as it seems good to you. Then David cut off, got up and cut off the edge of Saul's robe secretly. But it came about afterward that David's conscience bothered him because he had cut off the edge of Saul's robe. So he said to his men, Far be it from me because of the Lord that I would not do this thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed, to reach out with my hand against him since he is the Lord's anointed. I will not touch him. Amen. I will not touch him. And, and David rebuked his men with these words and Saul got up and left a few chapters later David went to fight and then these people came from behind and stole their wives and their children and their goods and went away the people sought to kill David but they remembered the faithfulness of David when David was had the opportunity to kill the unfaithful boss, unfaithful king, Saul, he did not because of his faithfulness. He had sown a seed. Are you with me? Now, when they also got the opportunity, they could not. Why? Because faithfulness, it's a seed that you sow and you have to reap it. Hallelujah. And you repeat in larger portions. So you see, the Bible says, and these are the mighty men of David. Then they start to lift, list their names. Ainoham, Akino, the Ezanite. Hallelujah. They, they named them. They were faithful, not because they themselves are faithful in themselves, but because they saw David, their boss, show and exhibit faithfulness. So they had no opportunity, no option, but also to sow faithfulness in their life. May you be faithful in everything you do. May your life be characterized by faithfulness. When people mention your name, may they say, this is a faithful brother. This is a faithful sister. This is somebody I can rely on. Amen. And when you are that reliable, Everybody would want to work with you. Everybody will want to choose you because of your faithfulness. 